you start to question your value. You start to question your self-worth. Like the more money you got, the more successful you are, and most people really do buy into that. But really, I just needed a break. What I love is helping people. I'm Julie Bauke, and welcome to The Evolved Career, a podcast where we help you determine what truly does matter most to you and how it can have a profound impact on your life. Meet Kent Wellington. When I was thinking of potential guests, I thought of this guy immediately as someone who's found a way to make his work life matter in the ways that matter most to him. Attorney, youth basketball mentor through a program called Saturday Hoops, and founder and leader of the Karen Wellington Foundation and Man in Constant Motion. Now, that's how I describe you. But more important, Kent, how do you describe you? I still kind of think of myself as a dad. Okay, well... (laughs) I've got two kids who are 24 and 22 now, so I had dinner with them last night and uh, the new executive director of their late mother's foundation, and it was a uh, great evening. Yeah, so being a dad is your most important job. It is. I think that was the same mindset that my parents had as well. Yeah, yeah. So when you meet somebody for the first time and they say, well, nice to meet you, Kent, what do you do? Tell me about yourself. What do you say? Yeah, I probably most people don't know me by my day job. Okay. I mean, I've been at the Graydon Law Firm for almost 30 years now, a super place, full service firm, and I've uh, done it all there and do a lot of problem solving. But uh, people probably know me more by my interactions with my kids and the community. So yeah. um, those have kind of fallen into two groups. Yeah. Um, one is helping vulnerable kids, and the other is putting some fun on the calendar of families living with cancer. Okay. When you think about that moment when you graduated from law school, mm-hmm. and you got your first job as an attorney, fresh-eyed, wet behind the ears, whatever cliche you want to throw at it, think about that moment, and you think about where you are today. What were the key moments or the pivot points that caused you or drove you to evolve your career to what it is today? Yeah, you know, I went to law school probably not for the same reason as most people. Uh, I grew up in small towns, and the lawyers were the leaders in town. I don't just mean the leaders at the courthouse. Uh, I mean, they were the leaders. If there was a school levy that needed to be passed, they tend to be out front. If there was a historical building that was uh, in need of being saved, they found a creative way to save it. Uh, They were the coaches of my sports teams. If there was a lay sermon on Sunday, odds are there was a lawyer who was up front talking about things that were broader than the practice of law. And I admired those folks. Uh, One of the great things about living in Cincinnati is that lawyers can be leaders. I see them everywhere and can make a difference not only with their clients, but also in the community. Great. So... Some of your early role models, mentors, the people who were key in your life were lawyers. And you said, if I want to be like them, maybe I need to follow that path. That was, it was logical. I mean, yeah. I, I certainly had, um, you know, an interest in more the humanities than the sciences. Okay. So uh, writing, uh, oral advocacy, those things have kind of come naturally to me. So that was kind of, a, you know, another sign that the practice of law may have been the way to go. But what you find is with the practice of law that a lot of those skills that you use in the courtroom or outside the courtroom are very transferable to improving your community. And those are interpersonal skills. Those are you know emotional intelligence, a willingness to roll up your sleeves and get in the trenches and in the apartments and the classrooms of people in our community who are living in poverty. Those types of things, I think, 
transfer pretty easily. And not surprisingly, you see a lot of lawyers in Cincinnati who are leading in a variety of areas. Great. So your Saturday Hoops Mm -hmm. is um, an organization I mentioned at the beginning, is something that you're very passionate about and involved in. Um, Very simply, why that versus so many other things that need our time and attention in the world? Why that for you? Well, I've probably sat on 20 or 30 boards, you know, in the 30 or so years I've lived here, but uh, Saturday Hoops is my happy place. Okay. That's where I want to be on a Saturday morning. In fact, if I'm on vacation on a beach kicking back, I'm probably thinking to myself, you know, I'd rather be at the Over the Rhine Rec Center pouring into some kids uh, who haven't had the same opportunities as us. And it's it's probably one of those things that that evolve over time. I was a basketball player. Okay. Um, I played basketball in high school and college and worked basketball camps, and it was very easy to kind of transfer those basketball camp experiences to Saturday Hoops. More importantly, when I grew up, uh, I played a lot of basketball on the other side of the tracks. Okay. So uh, not for cultural enrichment, but because that's where the best basketball players were. And I, I got to know people and forge relationships with people that were very different than me. They came from different backgrounds, and consequently, I'm very comfortable in those neighborhoods, on those basketball courts, interacting with those folks just because I've done it for decades. Yeah. What is the the core purpose or tenet or mission of Saturday Hoops? If Saturday Hoops, we really try to reprogram for our kids who they are. Uh, there's a lot of negativity they see, a lot of negative role models, and we had – this year, we had about 680 vulnerable kids and uh, about 600 volunteers. And at Saturday Hoops, our kids and our volunteers are cheerful givers, hard workers, and overcomers. And we drive that in to them each week. That pretty much encompasses just about everything. And we are convinced that if we let these kids know who they are enough week after week after week, pretty soon they believe us. And they believe they're an overcomer, no matter what's going on at home. They believe they're a giver rather than a taker. They believe they're a hard worker. And we also emphasize what we call our X. And the X is really the upward access, upward escalator in life and the downward escalator in life. We tell our kids that faith and education is that upward escalator. Get on that path. Don't overthink it. Do well in school, do your homework tonight, and things tend to work out. Yeah. Same with the Faith Foundation. At the same time, we tell them uh, that the downward escalator in life, something they see every day, uh, is a trip to the bottom, and that's guns and drugs. You get on that escalator, you are going nowhere. I love how you've simplified that because everybody, the, the visual of an escalator Everybody gets that, mm-hmm. and it's a very simple way to I – lo- I just love how you've simplified that in a way that it's not complex. You don't have to overthink it. It's guns and drugs, right. down, right. faith and education, up. And we do that through a variety of voices. It's not just my voice. It's each week we have two speakers. Uh, often they tell an overcoming story, maybe the story of um, them with a physical disability – Maybe a story of them being in sixth grade reading at a first grade level. Uh, my favorite speaker is a, a father who grew up without a father. And he has his kids up front and he looks at our kids and says, I'm a dad. I grew up without a dad, but that's no excuse. Mm-hmm. 
if you choose to be a father, this is what fathers do with their kids. And they has their kids in front of them. And it begins, again, to show them there is a different way. How many years have you been involved with Saturday Hoops? So we're entering year 16. 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me a success story. One that, you know, when you, when you really think about the impact Saturday Hoops has had on an individual level really warms your heart and makes you smile. Well, we loaded 16 of our Saturday Hoops kids on a bus to go to Camp Joy on Monday. Uh, and that uh, is a success story. Uh, they're kid, these are kids who, this is like them going to the South Pacific. Mm-hmm. They rarely get out of their neighborhood. Uh, We had one of my mentees. I've got a a soon-to-be seventh grader, Jarvis, who we were at the zoo with uh, this weekend. And I talked to his mother beforehand, and she talked about the ex. Jarvis has told her about the ex and the importance of him choosing his friends wisely. Choosing the up escalator. Choosing the up escalator. Yeah. That's a success story. Where Jarvis will end up, uh, I don't know. Right. But we certainly are giving him and the 675 or so other kids a template for success. Right. We can't carry him. I tell the kids that all the time. I said, I will block for you. I will call plays for you. I will help you. But we will not carry you across the goal line. If you are going to succeed, that needs to come from you. Yes. Fantastic. Um, And then you, you also started the other Besides being an attorney and a Saturday Hoops leader, there's another major part of your life that Mm -hmm. you pour an awful lot of time and effort into. Tell us about that. Yeah. My kids and I joke that we have two family ministries. One we picked and one picked us. So you just heard about the one we picked. Yes. Uh, Cancer picked us. So my late wife, uh, Karen Wellington, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30 and died 10 years later in 2007 at age 40. And um, packed a lot of life in there, uh, a lot of fun, despite a aggressive diagnosis. And instead of flowers at the funeral, we decided to do one vacation for another woman living with breast cancer. Because it was Karen's goal, once we beat cancer as a family, we would go on a vacation each year, and then we would send someone else. So we never were able to do that as a family, but we really <laughs> are doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. So your goal is to send people living with cancer on a vacation with their family. Correct. So you put the fun in their lives, Mm -hmm. in lives that may have had so many difficult moments that sometimes it's hard, as it sounds like you experienced, to really let that go and have fun. How many families have you sent through the Uh, foundation? We've probably uh, touched a thousand. Wow. And um, last year alone, we did 102 vacations and 100 spa days and Bruce Springsteen concerts in Chicago and other fun-only things. We've got 11 or so chapters throughout the U.S. now, and it is uh, much like Saturday Hoops. Uh, I've got a strong faith foundation. I think it's very God-led, and it's just really just taken off. I think it's also a testament to what an awesome town we live in in Cincinnati that so many people, uh, primarily women, have found this platform, and found a way to grow it. Okay. Um, So it's everything from – it almost sounds like Make-A-Wish Foundation Mm -hmm. for adults. Um, So it's everything from a day-long event. So do people nominate uh, people to receive? And then is it a surprise when they get – It varies. It varies. So uh, people go to the Karen Wellington website, nominate a friend. Oftentimes, Julie, 
people have a friend who are diagnosed and they don't know what to do. Right. They don't know what to say. They don't want to do the wrong thing. So we just tell them to go ahead and nominate somebody and um, we'll figure out what we do. It may be that uh, if we're able to match someone that we do it as a surprise. Uh, maybe that some people don't like those surprises. Right. <laughs> but the way that the foundation works is basically we ask people, generous people, who have a vacation home to give us a week a year. And we have about 100 or so of those people now. And then we match them with women on our waiting list, connect the dots, uh, put the trips together, and really help rewrite what's going on in their lives as well. So when Karen was alive, she would often say to me, you know, I'm looking at the calendar and there's really not a lot of fun on there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm once I get done with chemotherapy, then I got to go to radiation. Then I got to go back to the orthopedic surgeon. Then I got to talk to the infectious disease doc. Then I got to get some more PET scans. That was always my sign as her husband to get a vacation on the calendar. That's what we do. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's as much for the families as it is for... Oh, yeah. The individual. Without a doubt. You yeah. know, about 30% of our vacations are last vacations. Um, if you think about it that way, it's incredibly important mm. that you end well. And it's incredibly important for the rest of the family that um, those last images, which can haunt you, um, are overwritten, again, by a image of mom on the beach with a bandana on her head and a glass of Chardonnay yeah. in her hand, laughing at dad, being goofy on the beach. 30% of your vacations are last, last vacations. vacations. Mm -hmm. Wow. What percent of your recipients are women? 99%. Okay. And, and was that your goal when you started this to have it? Did, did you start because of Karen's breast cancer? Did you start with a focus on breast cancer? Yes. Is that yeah. still there or is it? The focus is still there, but okay. we like to say we have no rules. We are as unfair as cancer is. Yeah. So uh, we can make exceptions from time to time. But, you know, one in eight women are going to be diagnosed with breast cancer. So one there's, yeah, there's more than enough uh, breast cancer nominations that come in. But we do what we can and we're really, um, you know, we're really at the mercy of our vacation home donors. Yeah. The more we get, the more we can give. I like, I've heard you say that um, Karen's foundation is less a foundation and more of an attitude. Explain mm -hmm. that. It's definitely an attitude. I mean, Karen lived the last 10 years of her life with a energy or vigor um, that was special. She did a lot more, accomplished a lot more than most people do. Most people think about, they want to sing in a band. She did. Most people think about, hey, I'm going to paint one day. She did. She was still the pizza mom at school and the soccer coach. Some people want to decorate homes. She did. She did all of those things. So it is really an attitude. And what we find with our recipients is that they'd love a cure for cancer. Uh, but it's been 50 years that President Nixon declared our country's war on cancer. And what they really need is some fun on the calendar. Someone yeah. who allows them to be themselves. No one wants to be remembered as the mom with cancer. Right. You want to be the fun mom. That's right. what you want to be. And these right. vacations allow our women to do that. And if you go to the website or the Facebook page, you see all kinds of vacation pictures. What you don't see is cancer. Yeah. I love the 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 message that that sends to the children in the family that um, no matter what life throws at you, you can be a hard worker, a cheerful giver, and an overcomer, and it's it's a it's a way to live. Without a doubt, it's a way to yeah. live. Yeah, yeah. And if um, 
boy, you know, if more of us thought about living our lives that way, as if each day could be our last. We say that it's a cliche, but, you know, when you get a diagnosis like that, what a great way to move forward. Thank you for sharing that. And what is the website? Uh, KarenWellingtonFoundation.org. Okay. So if anybody wants to donate a home Mm -hmm. or money or anything else or nominate someone, um, please go there and check that out. How would you complete the sentence? I'm at my best when... I'm at the Over the Rhine Rec Center on Saturday mornings pouring into vulnerable kids. Um, I I think I'm really, that's kind of my, as I said, my happy place. Um, And I think we're also able to get the best out of our volunteers there as well. Um, And we start really, really small. We tell them, if nothing else today, give us eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And four times today, grab a kid of your choosing out of any station and pull them aside, and for two minutes, just pour into them. Let them know how special they are. Find something that they're doing in art that is fantastic or in basketball. Let our kids know that they are leaders. They're good readers. Um, I'm at my best during those two minutes because I think if we can, we can take even the most angry, um, depressed, kid and if we can get them one-on-one and focus on the positive we can change their trajectory dramatically i love again it's like the escalator up and down the x Mm -hmm. the simple messaging of eight minutes um if 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 a, a person wandered in off the street onto saturday hoops one morning and looked around and said what what is this what do you what do you hope they would see (laughs) they a lot of people come in and their first words are wow yeah. Uh, it is a, it is perpetual motion. Yeah. You know, we have basketball, we've got yoga, we've got a reading room, we've got art, we've got circuit training, we've got futsal soccer. And um, if you're a type A person that likes everything orderly, it's pretty overwhelming. <laughs> but once you come four or five times and you start to notice all these little one-on-one two minutes that are going on throughout a three-store facility, you think, okay, this is this works. Because what we are basically doing is very simple. We are putting all these vulnerable kids and all these generous adults under one roof every week, and we're saying, engage. Mm-hmm. Find a way to engage. If you're not a basketball person like me, which 95% aren't, we'll find something else. And it works. Mm-hmm. If you were... Let's say you're you're back at, at your law firm mm-hmm. playing your day job role. Yeah. And you had a new attorney come into the firm and and they were new to Cincinnati right. and wide eyed about, you know, gosh, how do I you know, they're in their mid twenties and they're they're, you know, full of all kinds of stuff and they wanted to figure out how to make their work and their life matter. What advice would you give them? Yeah, I I tell people to get moving. Um I mean, there are a number of not-for-profits I got involved with that um, didn't succeed. I think we sunsetted four of them, whether it was mental retardation or gunshot violence or civics. Uh, But each time I met people and people who I run into today, you know, that relationship building needs to start right away. Uh, The other thing that I I hope we can instill, we have a a lot of female Mm -hmm. attorneys, young moms, who are trying to be good moms, mm-hmm. good wives, good lawyers, good community servants. 
And I was speaking in a review meeting not too long ago with one of them. And I, I, I said to her, I said, you know, right now, right now, there's a fifth grade girl who's super athletic and smart. And someone said to her, you should be a lawyer. And 15 years from now, she's going to be walking into our firm. And we want her to see you, a female lawyer who is doing it, is being a good mom, is being a wife, is being a good lawyer. And that is how we move the needle. That's how we improve you know, gender equity. That's how we improve diversity in our law firms is showing people that this can be done. And I'd, I'd love, if nothing else, to, to see our firm, Graydon, as the firm where female lawyers say, that's where I want to go because I can do all that. Right, right. Yeah. I think we, uh, we can get in our own way. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and generally we do. Um, we are the source of most of our barriers mm-hmm. toward living the evolving in our career and our lives. And you can't, it's not the old days where you can separate right. your job from the rest of your life, nor is that advisable or healthy. I think we're living in a time where um, the options to truly build or create a career life portfolio that's unique to you have never been better, but it can also be overwhelming. It can. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the practice of law and just the world has just picked up pace exponentially, you know, technology and being on call 24 seven with clients and people having problems is, is daunting. On the other hand, what a great opportunity we have to change things for the better. What a great opportunity we have to do more problem solving and helping people out on a daily basis. We do. Absolutely. So are you ready to play two questions, one deep and one shallow? Bring it on. All right. So I'm going to ask you two questions. As it describes, one question is deep and one is shallow. All right. All right. Got to have some fun too, right? We'll start with shallow. If your family and friends heard that you'd been arrested, what would they assume it was for? <laughs> They would assume it was for something I was doing in the inner city, maybe a civil rights argument or probably sticking my nose somewhere where it probably shouldn't have been. All right. That's a noble cause. (laughs) I will contribute to your bail fund should that happen. Thank you. All right. Now we'll move on to the deep question. Yeah. Someday when you're gone and people are talking about you, how do you hope they would complete the sentence? The most profound impact Kent Wellington made in his life was... I would probably say um, on his children, because that, you know that's where you really have an opportunity to, you know, on a sustained daily ba- basis make a difference. Uh, I couldn't be happier with my t- two kids right now. Not surprisingly, uh, they're very involved in the two family ministries. Uh, Angeline's working for her mom's foundation now, full time, but she's also has a life yep. outside of that and has interests and skills, and she sings and. Uh, Robbie is a natural at Saturday Hoops. Uh, he's a natural in a family room uh, with a family who is living with cancer. And I think those are all real positives. Uh, not surprisingly, a lot of their friends have gotten involved in some of these family ministries. So there's that ripple effect, Yes, I think, that um, is very positive and that excites me. Yes, fantastic. Well, thank you to cheerful giver, hard worker, and overcomer, Kat Wellington. We appreciate your time and your insights. Thanks, Julie. 
If you enjoyed meeting the evolved careerist on today's episode, well, we've got a lot more lined up for you. Subscribe, tell your friends, rate us and write a review. And of course, follow us on social media. But if you're interested in learning more about how you can evolve your career, you can contact us through theevolvedcareer.com or thebaukegroup.com. And that's B-A-U-K-E. Do you know somebody who'd be a great guest who has a great career story to tell? Or do you think you qualify? Then email me. My email address is in the podcast description. Until next time, here's to your career happiness.